Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of the New Era Property Podcast. We've rebranded, if you're confused, we're not Cup of Tea with Rick G anymore, it's still me, I'm still here. So welcome back to today's episode and today we're going to talk a little bit about the controversial subject, are all landlords parasites? Now, I think this is quite an emotive subject, and Lorraine's with me. I don't want to go into a rant, so Lorraine, you're going to have to pin me down if I start shouting and screaming, all right? Because <laughs> You're out of arm's reach, actually. I can't reach you to pin you down. <laughs> the reason behind this is I th- I, a lot of what I do, I do pull from my experience from social media. And for everyone that, you know, if you, if you don't follow me on social media, I'm quite prolific on most of the platforms, but specifically, I've got a very large following on TikTok. Now, every time I post something on TikTok, which is quite a lot, actually, it's probably three times a day, I get, I don't know, I, I don't know how many comments, but if the video goes viral, I can guarantee at least 200 comments that will come back saying, landlords are parasites and abolish landlords and this, that and the other. And I really want to know, what what's behind this? What's behind people thinking that landlords are, are out there just, you know, gobbling up the housing stock and being parasitical to their tenants? So before I start with this, because I could I could talk about this all day. Lorraine, have you experienced it and what are your thoughts on it? Well, well, well. I mean, taking a deep breath in, where do we start really? I think it's all about people's perception, isn't it? And and actually, if you are struggling to find a home, you don't understand stuff, you don't understand how people even get enough money to buy one house, never mind to buy a whole portfolio of 40, 50 houses. People don't just understand where the money comes from and assume, assume is the dangerous word, you're making loads and loads of money out of property and, and effectively taking it off their table. So I think it's definitely about the grass is greener, it's about perception and I also think it's a little bit about the audience. Now, you know, why is it particularly that TikTok listeners or watchers are actually putting this? It's not just TikTok, is it? I mean, you look at the national press, for goodness sake. I mean, you know, any kind of spin that they can put on landlords, they'll do it. You know, generally speaking, over the years, landlords have always had a bad reputation because it's not generally seen as a bona fide career, perhaps, you know, the government are against us. Everyone seems to be against the private landlord when they don't see, you know, we got called out on Christmas Day this year. Christmas Day at 11 o'clock, getting the lunch ready, and we had uh, a leak coming through a roof. They don't see that. They don't see the calls that come in at 3 o'clock in the morning because people can't get into the property because they're locked out. They don't see all of the, the, the elements of having to clean the property up and get it ready for the next tenant and, and dispose of the tenant's belongings. I don't think it's just TikTok. I think it's general perception across the whole board is that most people, you know, that don't understand the industry will raise an eyebrow because I think the biggest thing is that, oh, so you're responsible for gobbling up all of the housing stock and raising prices, are you? So people like me can't go out and buy a house. Yeah, but that's, I mean, if we look, if we zoom out and take the bigger picture into account, you have to look at how population, supply and demand, you know, perhaps people don't understand the principles of supply and demand and how that increases prices. But we are in a massive shortage of houses in the UK. We we know that 
we can't build enough houses to keep up with demand. We have a complex planning legislation system, um, which is set by central government, um, and they don't seem to be open to looking or reviewing at it. I think the the latest um, housing MP has has just closed that opportunity. So we, we're in this situation where we've got not enough houses, can't build any more, material costs and, and the supply chain are, are pressured at the moment, so costs are rising. So everything is against the housing market for availability. Now, what happens when you have lots and lots of um, demand for something? Well, people get in a queue, they get irate, why can't they get their share? Fighting yeah, for toilet I think rolls. we're missing the point there because most of these people that are making these comments probably would never be able to get onto that ladder anyway. You know, a lot of these people that come at me and say, oh, well, you know, um, you're responsible for gobbling up the housing market. If I reply to them and say, well, what are you doing about getting out there and what are you doing about getting onto that property ladder? They reply saying nothing because I'm unemployed. Yeah, but I think we're easy targets, aren't we? You know, there aren't people queuing upside of, outside of Lloyd's Bank who've just announced they want to be the biggest landlords in the country saying, you know, um, you know, how come you're charging me interest on my overdraft and then investing that in property and gobbling up the housing stock? We're just easy fodder. And, and it's just easy to throw mud at landlords and, and give it that kind of um, middle-class um, Britain who are investing their money into investments and creating more wealth. I mean, do you think it's generally speaking because people follow people, you know, we've got the sheeple syndrome and people follow people that <coughs> are like them. I think as soon as somebody makes that one comment, then everybody else seems to get onto the bandwagon with it. They don't actually understand really what they're commenting on in the first place. They don't understand the economics of property. They don't understand that we are actually out there helping people that can't get on the property ladder to you know get a good quality affordable house that they're comfortable in and it's nice and safe they don't see any of that i've got this i mean it's my mission really and and i'm doing this a lot on social media at the moment is to showcase best practice to showcase that look you know you're always going to get your bad in everything yeah. no matter what industry you're in you'll have it in absolutely everything and yet there's no different in the private rental sector now we've got about 2.4 million private rental uh, private landlords in the UK and not all of them are going to be good you know that's fair to say now those are the ones that we know about I mean there's also going to be people that are going to be below the radar the ones that are in unlicensed houses and the ones that shouldn't be out there and perhaps yes okay and they do deserve that reputation but the you know people in our community and the people that follow us and the people that we follow they're nowhere near that you know some of the housing stock that we provide I mean, our latest project, we put Netflix in the bedrooms, televisions in the bedrooms, we provide cleaners, we've got an all-inclusive maintenance policy, we pay all the bills. I mean, it couldn't get any better for them. Yeah, and I think you're kind of looking at it, it in a way that, you know, is personal to you and how you're operating your business. But, you know, there are, the private rental sector, I believe, does a fairly good job of providing housing um, for people that need it, where... If you look at social housing, and I know we don't want to go down that route too much, but social housing, housing authorities, um, local councils providing homes, they have tens and tens and thousands of homes that effectively they have, um, effectively people have to join a queue to get onto that list. They have to join a queue to get any maintenance fixed. Whereas you and I are running a business, um, we're able to get out on Christmas Day. How many housing authorities do you think sent out um, any 
even had a, how many a, private landlords do you think are out on Christmas Day? Well, exactly. So you know there are there are good and bad in every industry, and I think we're in a culture at the moment where you know scammers, um, spam, you know the marketing messages and the kind of the deception. The, the internet has opened up. The whole world can come and try and take money off us just by sending an email into our inbox. So we're sceptical of a lot more. And we see anybody that is potentially extracting money from a system as perhaps, you know, it, it's not right. It's not just there's something going wrong. There is an injustice there. And it, it it's not that kind of that level playing field that people expect. What people don't understand is as well that most of those private landlords are just, you know, sole traders that have maybe got one or two properties. Absolutely. They're not huge corporate landlords with massive portfolios, and they rely on that income for their pension. Now, they, we've got a, a couple of tenants um, over the last 12 months that one of them we had to evict during COVID, and he joined us, I think it was a week before lockdown, the first lockdown, and decided not to pay any rent at all for the te- about 10 months. And people don't see this. So he moved into a brand new refurbished flat, which cost us quite a lot of money to do. Uh, He stayed there for 10 months. And despite all efforts to mediate, despite all efforts to try and work it out with him, and he was working all the way through COVID, he just chose not to pay. And we ended up having to go to court. We got possession. But I think he left owing us about £7,500. That's just one case. Now, it doesn't happen very often. But people don't see that. You know, I think I did a I did a case study on that because I want people to know the good and the bad. But people don't see that side of things. They just think you're out there making huge amounts of money, yeah. driving around in Ferraris and holidaying in Barbados, you know, and which yeah. is, it, you know, it's not the case. Yes, property can be lucrative, but like anything, you know, there is always a balance of good and bad. Now, the irony as well, Lorraine, is that, you know, most of the people that come back and say these really hurtful comments are actually renting themselves. They're in rental property, yet, you know, they are calling landlords parasites. Yeah, well, it's all about the positioning of it, isn't it? And they just think that you're, like you say, making lots of money and extracting that from the system. And there there are two ways of looking at anything, isn't it? It's all about perception. You could be... A landlord's providing 150 homes for tenants, which sounds a very respectable or or worthwhile occupation. Or you could be a landlord making seven and a half million pounds worth of of property. You know, and those two things create very different feelings and emotions in people because they don't see you know put put into balance both sides of that. And I think we need to think about you know it is a right. It is a a we should have homes for everybody we should be providing shelter um you know security for the children of our tenants and our tenants themselves we're providing homes for families and this is where i think we you know we could get a bit more emotive as landlords about the subject and talk about the homes that we provide um the united nations for instance has 17 goals and and one of them is you know they're trying to address big issues around the world um, from everything from you know looking after our oceans to our environment but also um, the people and people like to live around cities they like to um, live near to cities because it provides you know places for our children to go to school there are jobs there are shops places to buy food places to get entertainment um, commerce or, you know so cities create places where people live and they can earn money and they can 
make a living and um, live out their lives in in, in relative um, comfort. So we're naturally drawn to cities. So to address the housing need, to make sure that everybody has somewhere to live, we have to have that mission front and centre um, and, and actually review things in a practical way. There's a whole host of people out there, you know, um, I think they're called NIMBYs, aren't they? You know, people don't want homes built in their back gardens. Um, and it, I'm not proposing that we should be looking to build on every, in everybody's back gardens, but I think we do need to kind of be, open up and be a bit more uh, receptive to the issue uh, of how do we address this. And it's not just about landlords gobbling up stock. It's about population. It's about the planning legislation. It's about price and demand. Uh, and these subjects should be talk, talked about with more emotion and put out there by the press and we as landlords perhaps should start a campaign to actively promote and lobby central government on our own merit because um, we are very much part of the solution of providing housing and enough housing in the UK. Mm, it's funny isn't it because every time that there's there's an issue locally so you know the the councils might or the you know local governments might push against us and um, start putting more legislation more regulation in more costs and and all of those things that come along with it but every time they're short locally of housing stock they write to us asking if we've got any properties available that we can actually give to them on a rent-to-rent basis yeah absolutely when there's a humanitarian need for um property and for i think we recently asked if we could house 121 afghanistan families um in in our local area we don't have the stock or the availability to, to comply the demand that we have in our local area, never mind all the additional people coming in to the area um, for, for other reasons. And, and whilst we would love, really love to help out and to provide that housing stock, um, you know, we, we are putting up with a planning system where we are trying to get 17 um, new builds over the line and, and um, flats for supported living, but that's going to take probably about 18 months. So you can't react as quickly as the demand arrives in in property it takes a long time to even get the plan permission never mind the you know start the project and build it and in that time so much can change we looked at um, case studies and scenarios with our planning costs and our building costs and what we find is that we actually over a period of time that doesn't look as profitable as it did you know 18 months ago so things change uh, the economy changes the pricing changes so you know what's how do we address this Rick? what do you think we can and you know change the perception of landlords sometimes people say to me look you know you can't you can't react and when somebody says something to you then you should acquiesce you know just stand there and let people throw stones at you and i actually don't do this now i know that you know some people that you know have get trolls and get haters on social media and what have you they'll say well then just let them do it and just ignore them but i think you know this is going down to the, the fact that but maybe going back in the day when you stood in the playground and kids are throwing stones at you you know you're not going to stand there all day and let people throw stones at you so i am on this plight that you know not everyone is bad and don't tar everyone with the same brush because 90% of landlords out there are really good and all of the people that are listening to this show and all of the people that follow us in our communities they're all excellent at what they do we are trailblazing and really setting those standards out there now for the new era of 
property in the new era of renting out because our accommodation, you know, our new units, they're, they're like Airbnb units. They're like, you know, they're like hotels, five-star hotels. They're excellent. And I'm trying to get that message out there to say, look, you know, what used to be maybe in the 1980s and the Rigsby's and the Rising Damp and all of that side, you know, it's all changing now. And we're going into this new era of property so i'd love to know your thoughts everyone that's listening to the podcast our landlords parasites should we be standing and letting people throw stones at us so you can send me any comments over to my facebook page which is rick gannon property now what we would love you to do as well as we did last week is we are asking you to drop us a review if you like the show of course if you don't like it don't do a review just leave it <laughs> we don't want any bad reviews if you do like the show and you want to give us a nice review then please head over to your hosting platform whether that's spotify or whether that's apple podcasts and do please leave us a review now in return for that if you take a screenshot and if you send it to the email address that's in the show description then what we'll do to thank you for leaving a review is to give you a signed book of my number one book, 45 Ways to Buy Property, and that's a paperback version. We'll pay the postage. We'll just send it straight to you if you could be so kind. So thank you all so much. Next week, Lorraine, what's on the agenda? Oh, good question. So looking at our schedule, we've got is rent to rent a real business? is rent to rent a real business that's what we're going to be talking about next week so please join us on wednesday on the new era property podcast take care